Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. Real quickly, though, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode, and also share the show with some friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers, too. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. If you've been a regular listener of the show, Or if you've read either of my books, Move the Ball or Dominate the Game, then you're probably aware that I am the type of person who is very intentional and deliberate with everything that I do, from how I plan out my days and what I spend my time on, to how I organize and structure this podcast. Today is May 29th, and in the spirit of being intentional, on this episode, you're going to hear my conversation with Levi Wallace, who is an NFL cornerback that plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he just happens to wear the number 29 jersey. Is this coincidental? Nope. Some of you know that my favorite number is 29, so what better day than today to have a chat with an incredible guy who went to my alma mater, the University of Alabama. He won a natty there, and he just happens to rock the best jersey number. I'm excited for you to hear today's chat as Levi has an incredible story going from a walk-on at Alabama to getting ready to head into his sixth year in the NFL. I absolutely loved getting to talk with Levi on today's show. He's got such great perspectives and he's doing so much to make a difference off the field through his foundation, the Levi Wallace Foundation. I know you're going to love this episode too. Have a listen. Hey, Levi, it is so great to have you here inside the huddle with us. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've been talking for quite some time about having you on. And so I'm glad we're able to chat today. The first question that I have for you is, are you ready to move the ball? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So as preparation for my show as a podcast host, I'm always thinking about what kind of topics do I want to have on the show as part of our conversation, but also where do I want to kick off the conversation? And so what I want to do is, I mean, normally I'll talk with guys about football, but first let's talk about where I saw you. We were both in Arizona during Super Bowl weekend, and you were one of the players who were part of the Celebrity Sweat Flag football game, which took place the day before the Super Bowl. Tell us about that experience. What was it like getting to play in the game and what was your favorite part of the game? I mean, it was a super cool experience, crazy, fun-filled environment, just meeting a bunch of other celebrities that don't play football. Me being like one of the only people who played football in there, you know, mixed with other couple guys. It was such a good time and, and a lot of fun just playing with athletes, you know, you just see how athletic they are. And everybody's just laughing and having fun, but it's also super competitive too. And so I'm glad that my team got the win with, what was it, Tracy McGrady's team. So it was it was super fun. Yeah, it was definitely an exciting event. They do it every year around Super Bowl. And so I always enjoy coming and watching and particularly in the activities. Now, you're from Arizona, too, and you do your off-season training out there. What are some of the things that you've been focused on working on before you head into OTAs and then training camp this summer? 
Yeah. So as we're winding down, because I'm I'm still in Arizona, I'm going back to Pittsburgh this weekend. As we're winding down, I think it's important for me to just go back into it healthy. I think this off season, just been focusing on my strength and just continue doing what I've been doing. I have just my own personal trainer, rare breed, and we kind of just do our own thing. I'm going into year six now, so what people call a vet, and so I don't really need to do what guys in year one do. You know, I know my system for one. I know the Steelers playbook. And I just know what my body needs at this point. I'm all about strength and maintenance for myself. And so that's first and foremost, one of my priorities. And then just being as strong as I can going into the season. I think I gained probably eight pounds this off season. So I'm feeling really good going from division with AFC East, which was like a lot of passing, super air attack into AFC North where it's a lot of running, you know, a lot more physical. And so just hurt my body a little bit better this year. And you always have to adjust and adapt to the style of play that you're in. And so knowing kind of what things you need to focus on and how your body needs to adjust is important to be able to continue to move the ball, as I like to say. Now, I want to talk more about football in a minute. But before we get into a further discussion there, one of the things I really like to highlight on the show are things that people are doing beyond the game to really make an impact. And as you know, being in the NFL for a number of years, they have their My Cause, My Cleats campaign where guys really get to highlight different causes that are important to them. And you have your own foundation, the Levi Wallace Foundation. During this last year's My Cause, My Cleats campaign, you actually rocked out some ugly sweater themed Steelers cleats. Tell us about the design. Did you design it or who came up with the cleats theme? No, I didn't design it. My guy, you caught me off guard. I forgot his company name, but I use him every year. He's super dope. And he kind of just kind of throws ideas out there. You know, I kind of tell him what I'm looking for. And he kind of just gets creative. And so he was like, he sent me a couple of designs and said, yo, I want to do like an ugly Christmas sweater. This was so late. I think it was in December when my cause my cleats was. And so, I mean, we just kind of rocked out with it. And I mean, they turned out amazing. Yeah, they did for sure. And let's talk more about your foundation, the Levi Wallace Foundation. When did you start it? Why did you want to create it? And what was your focus on the mission for the foundation? We just celebrated a year for the foundation as I just looked at the date. And, you know, the goal for me, as most people know, I was a walk-on here out of Tucson, Arizona. I walked on at Alabama. And just the opportunities just weren't there for me. I think just probably location, you know, where I come from. And so our main priority is just the same case of school and not just through athletics, but academically too. Tucson is just not well funded as other cities. And so just wanted to be able to pour money back into the city and give kids opportunities to follow their dreams and do what they love. And the same way we try to impact the community with affecting younger kids and and giving back as much as we can. So we have football camp actually coming up as well as some other events here and in Pittsburgh as well, and actually Tuscaloosa too. And so I kind of just want to give back to any city that I've been in for a long time. My student Buffalo, because I'm just not there anymore, but Alabama is where I went to school and I still have a lot of ties there. You know, I try to go back every year. Yeah, we have our football camp coming up here next month where we're actually doing a football camp for the younger kids. And they're actually doing a kind of combine for the high school kids so they can be able to get their times and measurements and stuff to be able to send to colleges. Because it's just that important to to send out your measurements and things that you've done along with film just to create those opportunities so that they're able to go to school. Well, I think that's great. And your camp is going to be on June 17th. So I look forward to seeing all the great things that you guys do at the camp. And it's just a wonderful way to continue to serve, to make an impact and to help kids as they look to continue on in their journey. So I love that. And on your website, 
something that you have written is about the foundation. You said, I have always found enjoyment and fulfillment in giving back to others. It has provided me with the opportunity to connect with a myriad of people from different backgrounds and most importantly, foster meaningful relationships with amazing people. And I mean, that's what you're doing through your camp. You've also done some other things, even this year alone, you had your second annual Levi Wallace Golf for Good tournament. You also did a homeless children's education fund. You partnered with a school to do an Austin Air School Assembly all this year specifically. So, I mean, I think that's great that you're so involved within the community. While still, as a professional athlete, you have a platform and an opportunity to make an impact through your influence. And that's what you're doing, which I think is great. I'm doing my best. And matter of fact, I just remember the name is Left Coast Lace Cleats. And I mean, he does an amazing job. And I think he does some for other people too. But yeah, that's just this who I am. My parents raised me to be. And that's who they were, you know, just always giving back to kids. And I love kids and so do I. And I think they kind of rubbed off on me in that way. And so while I have this platform, while I'm playing football, while I can be influential and somebody will listen to me, I'm trying to use it for the best of my ability because I feel like football is just so small in the spectrum of life. It's about what you do when you have this platform. And so that's my main priority is are the kids in the community. For sure. Well, I think you're doing a fantastic job and I look forward to seeing all the other things you do with your foundation. And we'll also have a link to your foundation in the show notes so people can follow you and support you and see all the great things that you guys are doing. And let's talk one more thing about the foundation. You had your second annual golf tournament that I mentioned. Tell us a little bit more about that. Golf is just a new passion of mine. I've been playing for almost two and a half years, maybe. And I just fell in love with the sport. And so you know, when you start golfing, you start meeting a bunch of people who golf and a lot of people who want to support me. And so this year was just our second one. We had one last year in Tucson and we probably had 30 golf people come out. And this year we sold out completely. And so that was amazing. We had it here in Phoenix. I was so happy to see the change, which I knew was going to happen. The first year was just about getting off the ground and making mistakes. And so this year was super fun, super exciting. Like I said, we had so many people come out. We raised so much money. And people can just tell my heart and and just how important it is to me. And so when you have fun giving back and playing golf, I mean, there's only positives that can happen. It was a couple couple months ago. We're already planning the next one for next year because it just continues to grow. And my team, we we do a fantastic job with just planning it. And so uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. But golfing is definitely one of my passions for sure. I like it. And to your point, I mean, it's an evolution. So, you know, the first year was getting it off the ground and figuring out and going through those growing pains. This year was great. Next year is going to be even better. So I'm looking forward to the third annual Levi Wallace Golf for Good tournament. Absolutely. Let's talk about football. Let's run things way back. You mentioned that you're from Arizona. You went to Tucson High. You chose to walk on at Alabama. Why were you focused on Alabama as a school that you wanted to go to? What was it about them? Obviously, they've had a winning program, but what was it about them that really intrigued you? Honestly, I was just going there for school. My dad was in the military, and so I was able to go there for his, through his GI Bill. And so I just kind of ended my high school career on a sad note. Honestly, I think we were supposed to be in the playoffs, and we didn't get the spot. We went seven and three, and we didn't make the playoffs. Then it kind of just broke my heart and kind of made me take a step back from football altogether. And so I just kind of decided to go do something else and, you know, focus on my academics. And Alabama was just a, a good place for me to go and go to school and, and just be a regular student. And then I started kind of playing intramural football, took my team to the championship game, we ended up losing. You know, I kind of fell back in love with the sport of football and kind of decided to walk on from there. And here we are today, you know, just kind of hard work and dedication. So 
it was much more about the opportunity just to go to school and less about the football program, even though I loved Alabama and I loved the program and I was a fan for the longest time. So it was just went hand in hand and the Lord let me, gave me the opportunity just to be able to play. As someone who is a two-time Alabama alum myself, I mean, fantastic educational institution. And so it's a great place to be and obviously a phenomenal football program. When you look at your time playing football, I mean, you didn't really start playing and see action until your junior year. What was it about being a part of that culture and that program that you really think helped you to not only mature as a player, but also just as a person? I think Coach Saban, he does an amazing job just turning young young boys into to young men and just mentoring them. Uh, he has a great staff behind him, academically, spiritually, financially. I mean, you name it, he sets it all up. And so off the field is just as important to him as, as on the field. And I think just being around good quality men and good players, I mean, it just goes hand in hand. It was able to let me develop and blossom to the person that I am today. And as you look at your time at Alabama, academically, as well as part of the football program, what were some of your biggest takeaways? You know, when you apply yourself and and you work for something, the results will always show. Even if they don't, you can still be okay with, with the results, even if they're not the ones that you wanted, because you put in the work. And so when I first walked on, I was like, oh, I feel like I can play with these guys, but I didn't start playing until my junior year, didn't start until my senior year. And so it was just waiting and being patient. You know, working while you wait, working when nobody sees you working. It was important to me. And if I never saw the field, I know I put in the work and I did the best that I could so that when my number was called, I was able to go out there. And if it never got called, I was I was going to be OK with that, too, because I, I did all that I could. And as you know, the people that you surround yourself with are either going to help elevate you or they're going to set you back. And being a part of the Alabama culture and that program. You're obviously surrounded with people who are great leaders, who are talented, who work hard, and who know how to move the ball both on and off the field. When you look at some of the people that you think really helped you to grow, aside from Coach Saban, some of the players that you really hung around, whether in your position group or outside of that, who were some people that were really key in your development and growth? Two people come to mind. I have Javier Arenas, who was like my mentor, who helped me out a bunch, helped me learn how to just watch film. You know, he brought me into his family, his wife and, and his daughter at the time. Now he has a son. But he was just one of the guys that I've watched growing up. And then he came back and, I mean, there was no ego. He wanted me to be the best version I could. And we would go out there early before games, just get our work in, you know, and I wouldn't be the corner that I am today. I wouldn't be the person I am today. And then my my best friend, Jamie Mosley, who was on the team at the same time, and he was a year younger than me, but me and him were just so alike. It's actually scary and just the leadership that he has in his young age and how he cares for people and just how we just connected so easily and we just had the same values and love the Lord and went to church together and just did everything together. You know, that's that's my brother for sure. And then now probably from Bama, me and Minka have gotten way closer now that we're back with the Steelers, but we were always pretty close as well as Aunt Averett. That's one of my best friends too on the team and just an amazing dude. I mean, I just had some of the best teammates that I could ever ask for. Guys who were came in at four stars, five stars, but just wanted to be better. And they knew that I was good. And they pushed me and I pushed them because we wanted to win. And that's what we did my senior year. And so it was just an amazing experience. I love it. And you mentioned Javier Arenas. I love Javi. He's such an incredible person, has a great heart. And his son, Miles, is adorable. I love seeing Miles. He's got a lot of energy. 
I'll just give Javi a shout out because I think he's just an incredible human being and he really cares about helping other people to develop. And he's doing that today because he does DB training down in Tampa area with Yo Murphy. And so I'll just give him a shout out. He does a great job. Absolutely. Absolutely. I keep telling him I'm going to get out there. I got to bring him out here or something. I got to work with him again because, I mean, just the knowledge and information that he has, but also just the person that he is, just somebody you want to be around. And you mentioned your senior year winning. I mean, Alabama's had a winning program for a long time, but in 2018, you guys won the Natty. Talk to us about that season. What do you think really was just going your way that season? And then also what it was like, you know, being a starter and also winning the Natty. I feel like we were just, we just willed our way to win that season, honestly. I mean, it was plenty of games, plenty of injuries at the beginning of the season. I mean, we, our linebackers were rotating crazy for the whole season. I feel like nobody was really healthy. I think. The DB unit that we had that year, I think we all left the same year, all the starters, because we've been there for so long. So we knew what it took to win for one, but we just lost the year before too to Clemson. And so we kind of just made it up in our minds that we weren't going to lose. I mean, that just kind of happened in the offseason. We're just pushing each other. I remember sprints with Minka and Tony just trying to see who's faster. I mean, those guys have God-given abilities and we're just all pushing each other and we kind of just willed our way. And we had some tough games that year. With Mississippi State was a really tough game. Texas A&M, they were just battling back the whole time. Obviously, we lost to Auburn at Auburn, which is just a tough place to play. But when they let us in the playoffs, which we deserved anyways, when we played Clemson, we just kind of, we made it up in our minds like, you know, we're going to go out here and be dominant. Typically, Coach Saban's defenses never get 400 yards thrown on them, especially back-to-back years by the same quarterback. And Deshaun Watson is a talent in, in his own right. But, you know, we kind of just made it up in our minds that that was never going to happen again. You know, we wanted to make a statement to the world that this is Alabama football, this is Alabama defense. This is what it's all been built on. And so we went out there and tried to make that known. And then Georgia was just just one of the craziest games I've ever been a part of, just down 13-0, down 20-6, and we just willed our way to overtime to to win it. And that's just heart and guts from the top to the bottom. So it was definitely a, a year to remember for sure. A couple seasons ago, we're in season four of the podcast. I had your former roommate on the show, Shaheem Carter, and we talked about that 2018 season, that Georgia game. And I said it then, and I'll say it now, that game was a real nail biter. And it was pretty incredible to see you know, Alabama end up winning it overtime. So kudos to you and the team. It was a phenomenal comeback and a win. Listen, I didn't even do anything after the game. I was so exhausted. I was like, I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. I'm, I can't, I can't move anymore, you know, because we just gave everything that we had to that game. Georgia was a great team that year with two really good running backs, really good defense. They were just as talented as us. They had our number. They did at the beginning. And obviously we came back and, and were victorious in the end. So we've talked about Nick Saban a little bit. You talk about how he cares about the guy's success, both on and off the field. Aside from that, what in your mind makes Coach Saban a great leader? I think he's just a great motivator. I think he just stays consistent in his messages that I hear. I feel like I can write out his messages now because he just stays consistent. He stays the same guy because it works. And he's just not building football players, but he's building men and he cares about us. And I, I remember he called me to his office when he wanted to put me on scholarship, but my grades weren't too good at the time. You know, he kind of told me a story about him and his dad. And obviously I lost my dad in, in college. And so we kind of just connected that way. And he kind of motivated me to to get on track. And the year after I was honorable, SEC, all academic and just having a guy like that in your corner who just cares about you and your well-being just as a person, it's hard to to find that 
Yeah. And his care is genuine and it's authentic. And it's not just about winning football games. It's about seeing young men become further successful people wherever they go in life. Absolutely. That's why I kind of make it personal mission of mine to go to Alabama every year and just say hello and say hi to him and be around the staff. And I hear that he talks about me a lot to a lot of guys in the locker room that I'm just still valued in his eyes that way. So it's super dope hearing that he values me like that still to this day. Oh, I love that. Now let's talk about your transition from college football into the league. So the 2018 combine, there were 14 Alabama players that were invited to go to the combine. You were one of those people. What was your combine experience like? It was a long week. It really was. I mean, you're just up early and go to sleep late and then you're testing on the last day. It's just, it's a lot. It really is. But I mean, it's just an experience that that everybody has to go through that most people have been through. Definitely blessed that I was able to go to the combine. It was kind of overwhelming. At the same time, looking back, it was just, to me personally, I don't know how a combine really translates to being a a football player because you're not doing football. You're testing and doing a lot of weird stuff. It's just different. And then you have the draft and then they kind of just place you on the draft you know, how you did at the combine. And it's just, it doesn't translate to to football. I think to draft somebody, you need to look at tape. You know, I think that tells a story, not numbers. So that's just kind of my opinion about it. There's a lot of people that have that same view. It's about the film. It's not just about this one day running these drills and using that as the significant basis for where someone's going to get placed in the draft stock wise. So you ended up signing as an undrafted free agent with the Buffalo Bills. Walk us through what was that like for you from signing as a free agent to going through rookie mini camp and training camp, what was that experience like? At the beginning, I was kind of disappointed because I was undrafted. I feel like I had a really good senior year. I was mid-season All-American. I was a semifinalist for Jim Thorpe. I left the team in interceptions, you know what I mean? Had one taken back for a touchdown. And so, I mean, I haven't won a championship. So I'm thinking things are good. I'm online reading and I know I shouldn't be on Twitter anyway. But, you know, it's like second round third round, like mock drafts or whatever. And I kind of went undrafted and it was kind of disappointing. And so I just had to transition my mind and prepare myself, which is kind of just like walking on all over again, which is fine because I've been there, done that at a hard institution too. Alabama was way harder than the league, I think. I think the playbook at Alabama is way more complex than any place that I've been. And I've only been to two teams, but Alabama prepared me so well for the NFL. And that's why I'm so successful. Knowing how to watch film, knowing what to look for, knowing how to study football and just be a student of the game. And then just learning the playbook really fast at an accelerated rate definitely helped me get in the position that I'm in today. And as you're going through your rookie season in the league, I mean, people talk about how the speed of the game is different in the NFL. Everybody is good that you play with. So the level of competition is higher, although playing for an SEC school, I mean, SEC competition is already a pretty high level. But how was that first year as a rookie and then going into your subsequent years? What are you learning about yourself at this time? And what are things that you're really working on doing to continue to ensure your success and your longevity in the profession of being an NFL player? When I first got in, I was, because I got cut my my rookie year. I was on the practice squad for a while. And then I got brought up week, week nine, maybe 10 or week, week nine, I think. Then I started every other game in Buffalo since I was there. So I just, like I said, I was working while I was waiting. At Alabama, we're, we're a press team, right? And so going to a different system in Buffalo, it's a lot of zone, a lot of off. It was just different for me. So I had to learn and I had to practice it and work at it. And eventually I got really good at doing those things. 
And that's why I stayed a starter for a long time. And so I think even transitioning to another team and it's a lot of man-to-man here in Pittsburgh and just going back into refining that and focusing on that this offseason. Because, you know, you kind of go into it and you don't know what to expect. Into free agency, I don't know what team I'm going to be with, but I'm already working out. Like, let me just do the stuff that I'm already doing because I don't know the playbook yet. Now I'm implementing myself into the system. I'm like, okay, let me get back to pressing a lot, like how I did back at Alabama where I thrived in. It's just kind of figuring out what coaches want from you each and every year and, and how the playbook is. And now I'm like, okay, now I see how TA calls games. You know, all right, let me just figure out how I can put myself in the best position. And I had a super good year. I had four interceptions this year. This is a career high. I think I haven't had that many since my junior year in, in high school when I had six. And so it was just super fun just being implemented into a new system and being in, more instinctive rather than knowing fully what to do each and every play, where the soft spots were. It was super fun getting back into that pure form of football and just letting your instincts take over was fun for me. Now, we talked earlier about how you're from Arizona. You played college ball at Alabama, went to Buffalo. You're with the Steelers now. Both of those NFL teams are in very much colder climates. How was that adjustment like for you? So when I first got to Buffalo, I ended up finding out I had Raynaud's because I've never played in a cold environment before. And people who don't know what Raynaud's is, it's when your hands don't get enough blood in the cold. So they like turn white and purple and there's not enough blood flow. And so I think my rookie year, I probably dropped three interceptions that hit me right in my hands. And I was telling him, like, yo, I can't feel that. And believe me, I can catch. Like, I played receiver. I have good hands. Like, nobody questions my hands. But I can catch, and I can't grip the ball when it comes. Like, I just can't feel it. So that was just an adjustment period. And I found ways to cope with that and putting on the right type of gloves and putting stuff underneath my gloves. Can't give out all my secrets on how I'm catching. I've never played in the cold before. And so that was definitely a different change for me. Pittsburgh this year felt colder. I did a lot more cold tub in Buffalo. So I think my body was used to the cold a little bit better. I was thinking Pittsburgh wasn't going to be as cold and it was not too far from being the same cold as as Buffalo. And so I kind of played myself last year and not doing the cold tub as much, but I'll get back to it this year. And that helps me be more healthier and throughout the season and kind of elongates my career anyway. And so I get back to that routine just to help myself and just get used to the cold. But It's definitely not as snowy in Pittsburgh than it is in Buffalo. But obviously, as you can see, I live back here in Arizona. I have to get away from the cold every now and then. So I'm glad that I have this place here in Arizona. Oh, I hear you living in Chicago. We know all about cold. And I am glad to have a house in Orange County, California that I can escape to a little bit as well. Got to get out of the cold when it's really, really cold. So you mentioned the word routine. One of the things that I like to talk about is this concept of managing the game clock. It's a concept I put in my latest book called Dominate the Game. And in there, I talk about how you need to actively and effectively manage the 1,440 minutes or the 24 hours that you have in your quote unquote game clock every day. What are some of the things that you do on a daily basis to be productive? I mean, obviously you've got your schedule when it comes to football stuff, but even outside of football, like how do you manage your time? What are some tips that you do to kind of just be effective? Out of season, I try not to, outside of my training schedule, I try to just enjoy the off season. Just how I feel is what I do, whether that's just lay in my pool for three hours or do some shopping here for my house. And I just bought my house last year, so I'm still implementing a bunch of stuff, but just doing a whole bunch of things. I mean, I just kind of go with the flow, unless it's something I really have to do. Then I'll just really honestly put it in my notes 
I always remember when I type it in my notes and plan out my day like that. Or just put it in a calendar for me, but I kind of base everything off of my routine and what I'm doing. And so every off season, I work out with my personal trainer, Pilates teacher, and a chef, and then chiropractor. I put them all on a schedule and I give them all the schedule. I'm like, yo, listen, I have to have a schedule. I have to have a routine. And this is what I do. So don't run me over what I have to do because I have something else after. When the time is done, like we have to go because I'm just routine like that. I think football has just made me that way. But outside of that, you know, on the weekends, I just kind of mind my business and stay in my house or go out and eat a meal or hang out with family. I have to dial myself back because pretty soon I'll be in football and I'll be ingrained in it and I'll be at the complex from six to five o'clock in full routine. You know what I mean? And the only time that I have to do after is either work on my foundation or watch a movie and go to sleep. I'm really routine type of guy. You mentioned that you're going to be heading back to Pittsburgh soon. So you played this last season with the Steelers. What is it that you really like about the Steelers culture? Outside of that, they're just winners. You know, obviously they've had six Super Bowls thus far. But I mean, the the fans, great fan base. They're really similar to Buffalo. They support the team and all that they do. You know, there's so much history. There's so many fans everywhere too. So I, that was one of the things that drew me to, to Pittsburgh. My mom was a Pittsburgh fan growing up too. And so you see, you see the dedication to the team and just how they support everybody. And I just love Coach T, just the person that he is, the man that he is. I mean, he's such a cool dude, man. He, he's a cool dude you can talk to about anything. Super honest, always transparent about everything. And then he has a lot of trust in his guys. and He just believes in it and his team wholeheartedly because we put the work in. And so I, I, Definitely want to play for him. That was one of my goals in college, just knowing and seeing him from afar, you know, always admiring him. So when the opportunity came, I jumped on it and then looked back. Outside of that, I love my teammates. We have some really good players, intelligent players. I just want to play with some of the best players in the world and fortunate to be able to do that. You rock out the number 29 jersey, which is my favorite jersey number because I'm a 29 baby. Is there any reason why you pick that number. I mean, obviously you've got other people on the team that already have their jersey numbers, but there's a few different jersey numbers that you could have picked. Any rhyme or reason as to why you chose 29? Well, 39 is my usual number. Obviously in college in Buffalo and Minka wears 39, which I didn't think about until I signed. I was like, dang, I was like, Minka, any chance you want to give up that 39? But obviously, I mean, so many people have Minka's jersey, so I'm I'm not going to be his second shadow. And I told him he wants to be like me anyway, because I made 39 look good back in college. So I was happy that he got that. And so many, so many players that I know wear 39, like Eddie Jackson in, in Chicago. I said, yeah, all y'all copied me because I look super good in it. I don't blame you either. I just expect a tax. And so me and Mika had that conversation and I was like, okay, if you're going to keep my number, then I'll take your college number. And he wore 29 back in college. So it was just kind of an inside joke kind of thing that we did. And I have his jersey hanging up here with 39 and and I just hung mine up with 29. So it's just cool just to have both of those in my house hung up, you know, that we just played together way back when and come full circle. And now we're wearing each other's numbers. So that's pretty cool. Oh, I love it. That's super cool. So what we're going to do, Levi, now is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have some fun. We'll be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, 
or a bigger salary. You need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy to implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, we are back. Levi, are you ready to have some fun questions as part of my two-minute drill? Listen, <laughs> well, let's, let's, I'll do my best. All right, first question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? Sarcastic intelligent, and observant. Great three words. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I love wolves. I love wolves. It's my favorite animal. I have a wolf here in my office. And I got my sales certification. I did get in college. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion-dollar company? And why? Probably the CEO. And why? Probably the money. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> a billion-dollar company, is, is that's a big B. You know what I mean? Yes, it is. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? The book that I really study is honestly my Bible. I just bought this book the other day called Yes, It's About You. One of my friends, her name's Kelsey. She just wrote it. And so it's a poetry book. So I'm excited to read that. That's what I'm reading right now currently. If you could have any one song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? Probably a Luther Vandross song. Never Too Much by Luther Vandross. Okay. Next question is, what would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed? After football, I have two things I want to do. I want to learn how to fly. I want to go to flight school. Um, then I want to go to culinary school. Oh, very cool. Yeah, we'll find out. One of those two for sure. And honestly, neither one for kind of job. I just want to learn how to really cook really well. I can cook really good, but I kind of just want to turn it up a notch just to show off, honestly. Very cool. As someone who worked many years in aviation, I'm an aviation geek. And so I think that's super cool. All right. The next question is, you have 24 hours and a private plane that maybe you'll be piloting that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? I think first on my bucket list is probably Spain or Italy. I'm excited. I'm going next year, so I, I can't wait. But I just want to see something new. I want to go travel and explore. And those two are kind of on my bucket list, uh, along with Thailand. And I'm going there as well next year. So. All right. Bonus question is M&M's, plain or peanut? Plain, plain M&M's. Plain M&M's. All right. <laughs> so Levi, as we look to close the show, any last thoughts for our listeners and let people know where can they follow you? Where are you at on social media? Yeah. So Instagram is primetime39 or just type in Levi Wallace. Foundation is Levi Wallace. Foundation on Instagram and on Twitter, Facebook as well. You can also check out the website, learn more about us at levawallace.org. See all the good work that we got coming up. We have some events coming up here in the near future. I also have a clothing line coming out with slow motion. And I'm excited about that. That drops next week. Kind of a slogan that I just came up with years ago. I'm kind of stuck. And a lot of people just say it now. You know, like, what up, slow motion? I can't call it. You know, I kind of just came up with the whole brand. And my team did an amazing job and kind of just came up with the logo and just put it on some shirts. And our line is dropping next week. You know, I mean, we have bunch of cool things on there and check it out at slowmotion.com. That'll be super dope. And I'll be posting on my Instagram as well if you want to see. So definitely be the first one to to buy that stuff. But yeah, I mean I appreciate you having me on and can't wait to hear this. 
live. And I think you're doing such an amazing job and it was super nice meeting you as well. Well, thank you so much. And I'm super excited for the launch of your clothing brand. And so I love the name Slow Motion. It's awesome. So I can't wait to see all the pieces and we will have a link to your website as well as to all the social links into your foundation in the show notes too. So people can check that out. Thank you for being on today's show. And again, wish you the best of luck with your new clothing brand. And I look forward to seeing all the great things that you do this upcoming season with the Steelers. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Once again, if you haven't already done so, hit that follow button so that you're always in the know and you know when a future episode comes out. And also be sure to share the show with a few friends. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right, everyone, we will talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening. And until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends, too. Next, I want you to go to GetInsideTheHuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.